I want to take some time to uh, share now. And Ty, you can put the lights up, buddy. I am. Uh, I typically. Uh, come with a handout. If you've been to these before, you know that I, I hand out a sheet of paper with an agenda and things I want to cover and talk about. And I actually had one of those prepared until about, uh, whoa, let me see, two o'clock yesterday afternoon. And I, uh, I knew that I needed to go a different direction. And so we're not going to cover some of the typical things that we'll do with. I do need to just a few things I want to say that I don't want to forget. One is that I promised you this morning that uh, if you showed up that I would have a, a draft. It's it's an unedited copy, but it's a draft of uh, one of the chapters, the last chapter I wrote actually yesterday, uh, and it's back on the table there with Adventureland signups for Easter. And speaking of that, if you can help us tonight with uh, Adventureland uh, or with uh, Jim's team, with First Contact team, or want to serve in any area, just go back to that table afterwards as well and pick up the uh, copy of the chapter that I wrote yesterday and take that home and read it and be encouraged by that. But I want to thank you again for coming tonight. I want to thank you for taking the time out of a beautiful day to be here with, uh, with me and with us together. I um, have, for a long time, been very aware that we are in the midst of uh, some really great things that God is doing. I, I, I risk sounding, and hopefully you guys know me well enough that you know that I'm not arrogant or proud when I say this, but I, I risk sounding arrogant or proud, I guess, when I say that I'm very proud of our church. I am, I am I'm thrilled with what God is doing. I am, I am uh, humbled and I am grateful. And I, I don't know how many other churches you've been a part of or how many other places you've been, and you know my heart for the kingdom. I love the church. I love all the church. I love all the variety we have in the church. I love the Lutherans. I love the Episcopalians. I love the, the Wadley Costals. I love them all. I love the church. I, I value the church. But guys, God is doing something very, very special here. And every week, uh, I have the privilege, I really do it. It's uh, one of the great blessings of being the senior pastor is I get emails, I get have phone conversations. I stood with a guy right over here today after the end of the first service. And he wept as he told me what God's doing in his life. And I'm weeping as he's telling me how good God's been to him and and how he was so far from God and church and how he didn't know there was a place like this and shows up and, and, and he just, God is moving. God is moving in his heart. And I know that the, there are many great and amazing stories that I don't even hear about. Uh, you are sitting in a miracle. Do you guys realize that? When I, every time I come here, I hope it never wears off for me, but every time I come in this room, and I spent a lot of time in here. I spent a lot of time praying and, and walking through and praying over these chairs. And every time I walk in this place, I'm reminded, man, we, we are, we are, you're sitting in a miracle right now. In the shadow of the Great Recession, and a time when a lot of churches are plateaued or declining, and very few expanding or growing, God called us to do this crazy thing. You know, yeah, let's expand and, and, and raise $750,000 in, in the course of a year and a half to do so. And God did it, guys. He did it. We are in one of the largest church facilities in the valley. And again, I'm not tooting my own horn or tooting yours. I'm just saying I am, I am thrilled with the potential that we have to see what God is going to do. I know that that uh, he has worked in the in almost coming up on 10 years, nine and a half years, that we've been in existence, we've been a church. 
Uh, hundreds of people have come to know the Lord. Many, many, many people have, have been healed, baptized, drawn closer to Jesus. I mean, I, I, I just am thrilled with what Jesus is doing in our midst. A lot of you guys know Dan Wolf, and Dan had gallbladder surgery, and it was really uh, pretty traumatic because they didn't know what was wrong, and they thought it was blood clots and thought it was something else, and finally figured out it's his gallbladder. I don't even know what the gallbladder does, but it's something in us, and, and uh, he, his was a mess. So they finally uh, pulled that thing out, and uh, Laura and I got to see him on Friday. And uh, uh, Dan is very special to me, uh, been with us for almost from the beginning. Nancy, his wife, loves Jesus and pretty much dragged Dan here. He was a, a uh, Catholic, but not a practicing Catholic, and, and came, and God just grabbed his heart and grabbed a hold of his life. And I will never forget the day that Dan walked up to me in our old building, long time ago, Argonne Mission, that old place, long time ago. Dan came up to me, and, and uh, he said, I, 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 got, I got a question to ask you. If you know Dan, he's kind of, you know, humble. And I said, yeah. He said, is it okay if I get baptized again? I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, I got baptized Catholic. And I said, but I, I want to I do this. And, and would you baptize me? And, man, he's blubbering, and I'm blubbering. And, and it was like, yeah, this is so cool. And, and just seeing him Friday afternoon in the hospital and praying with him, a guy who says, man, you have no idea what God has done in my life in a place called East Point. And, and, I, and yet I do know. I see it all the time. I know that God has got great things for us. I know that better things are yet to come. I understand uh, a little bit, I think, of what God's up to. A lot I have no clue of. I'm sure there's a whole bunch of things that I, I'm not very aware of. But I am aware of this. God has moved. God is moving. And God's going to do a whole lot more. A whole lot more. And I pray for all the church. I pray for the kingdom. I don't, again, want us to be the only one blessed by no means. I want every church in this valley, every Jesus-loving church in this valley to be filled with capacity and reaching the lost people. There's 80, 85, 90% of our county doesn't go to church anywhere. And guys, we've got to get better. You and I have got to get way better at, at including people, in, investing in their lives, and then bringing them to, to faith, but in, inviting them to come here. We, we've got to do that better. And I know God wants us to, and I know we will. But here's the other thing I know, and it's a reality that I live with, and one that I do not, let me quickly and very emphatically say this, what I'm about to get into has the potential of A, freaking you out, or B, causing you to leave here in fear. Don't go there. Don't freak out. Don't leave here in fear. But I'm going to tell you something that I'm also very, very aware of. We are in the midst of a raging battle. Major. And part of it is, quite frankly, because there's a huge target on our backs because of what God has done. You realize, you get, right, that if we didn't care about God, we didn't love God, we were trying to reach lost people, we weren't trying to see lives change for the kingdom of God, that we wouldn't be much of a threat to the enemy, to Satan. And he wouldn't give a rip about us and probably would leave us a, a lot more alone than we get left alone. But because of what God is doing, and again, I focus and the emphasis is on him, because of what he is doing, there is this growing massive red bullseye on a place called East Point. And guess what? That means you. 
East Point's not a building. It's not an organization. It's not a, a, an address on Sprague. East Point's people. It's real live people who are dealing with real live issues all the time. So I want to talk to you a little bit about spiritual warfare, and I'm not going to take a lot of time to do this tonight, but I, I, I want to dial something up for you. Some of you uh, are very familiar with that phrase, spiritual warfare. You've read books, you've been to conferences like I have, you've listened to speakers, you, you're, you're like, yeah, I get it, I understand, yep, you're right, we are in the midst of that. Some of you are like, yeah, I guess so, it makes sense, I don't know, I suppose, and, and probably maybe 30, 40% of you, to be quite honest, you're, and I say this gently and I don't say it to condemn or beat you up, but you're clueless. You, don't, you, do, not, you do not operate with an awareness of the spiritual battle that we're in. In fact, you might believe, you probably do believe, I hope you believe that there's a, an enemy, Satan, the devil, but you really don't live with an awareness that you are in a battle, that you're in the midst of a raging war. Now you think, well, I thought Jesus beat Satan and it's all over. Well, first part's true. Jesus beat Satan. And it will be all over. But we're in that in-between. We're in the season where we're in the, the part of the kingdom of God where it's accomplished, it's done, but not yet finished. Now what Jesus did is finished. He declared on the cross, it is finished. Yes, that is absolutely true. But we are in the midst of a cosmic battle. And, and you read the New Testament, you see that Paul got that. Peter got that. The church understood that a, a, quite a bit better than they, we do, do because they were being persecuted a lot. Physically persecuted. The church in China today, they get this. They understand this way better than we do in our nice, fat, wide-body, blue-cushioned seats in an air-conditioned room. They get it. I've been in Nepal. I've been in India. And I, I visited a church in Nepal and in Nepal, it's illegal to, to convert someone outside of your own family to Christianity. You will go to jail. If I walk up to a guy in the street, lead him to faith in Christ, and they find out, they will throw me in, in jail. And they throw people in jail all the time, Christians. It's not illegal to be a Christian there, but you can't tell anybody, basically. And you're persecuted for your faith in Christ all the time. And I will never forget the day I met with about 200 Nepalis in a room. Man, I bet it's not much bigger than this area right in here. Small room. They all take their shoes off outside, and it's cold in Nepal, and so I wasn't real happy about taking my shoes off, trust me, but they take their shoes off, and they go in this tiny little room without heat, without air conditioning, without any airflow at all. They don't take a lot of showers, just leave it at that, and so there's quite an aroma in the room, and I've never been, never in my life been with people who love Jesus more than those 200 or so Nepali. Christians. They love God. And they are, they're in the battle. They know it all the time. One guy that I met just a week or so before I got there had been beaten by four or five other people in the, the little village that he lived in. In fact, he walks like 10 miles to church. Walks 10 miles to church. And on his way, from the, leaving his village, the little village that he lived in, he was beaten for his faith in Christ. They get the battle. Some of us unfortunately, are not aware. And today, I, I, tonight, I want to make sure that you leave here not afraid, not fearful at all. First John 4, greater is he who's in us than he that is in the world. Can I get an amen? amen? 
We don't have to be in, in fear. But we do have to walk in awareness that there is a raging battle all around us. And Paul encourages us, don't be ignorant of the enemy's schemes. I'm going to read a passage in just a moment from Ephesians 6 that for some of us is familiar, but not familiar enough, or not, not, not as fresh as it needs to be in our understanding right now. And let me just dial up the last year and a half, some of the things. Let me just recount some of the things that I've seen, that I've been exposed to. And some of you, again, you, yeah, you, you've been through some hurt or some struggle. You're aware of this or that around other people. And I, again, I have the blessing slash curse of getting a, a much broader perspective. Did you know that every board member in this church, every board member in this church has been through a life crisis in the last year? Everyone. Every one of them. Bob's going to deal with cancer right now. And I hope you don't mind me saying that, Bob. But I went through cancer, my own prostate cancer, uh, just over a year ago. Everyone. Everyone has been through some horrible, difficult, take you to the limit, life crisis at some level, relational or physical. Every one of the board guys. Did you know that probably two-thirds of our staff, and I'm not exaggerating when I say that, have been through a life crisis in the last year, year and a half? And I'm not just talking, oh, yeah, life's a little tough. That was, that was, that, that was hard. Not a speed bump. I'm talking full-on slamming into the wall at 90 miles an hour crisis. And it's eaten some of their lunches. <laughs> I love those guys. I love our staff. And I ache for them. And I pray for them. Because I know. I've seen it. I've watched. I get these emails. I don't know how many of you uh, are on the prayer team or you get. And if you want to be on that, please let Tom know. We'll sign you up. But, I mean, I get the emails every week. And sometimes they're this long, the, the prayer requests that come in. And it's not little things like um, pray that my transmission doesn't go out. Occasionally that's in there. But it's stuff like I'm dealing with cancer. My husband's left me. My kid's far from Jesus. Doesn't want to have anything to do with me or God. Things that I read them and I weep. I read them every week. I take them to prayer every time. And I, and I don't even know some of the people. I don't even know some of the names. And I just, I go, oh, Jesus. The battle rages. I talked with a good friend of mine at Wendy's a few days ago. Loved this guy. <laughs> Do anything for him. And this kid's making some really stupid choices. And I could see across Wendy's. Something was on him. Something was bugging him. Something was eating at him. So I went like this. And he began to share. Right there, me and Brian laid hands on him, prayed for him, right there and smack dab in the middle of Wendy's. It was awesome. <laughs> Fries on the table, ranch dip, Diet Coke, and prayer. It was cool. But it's a big deal. And I ache for him. I ache for him. I could go on and on and on with stories that would break your heart. And my point, again, guys, listen to me. My point is real simple. The battle rages. The battle rages. I'm going to ask you, 
And don't poo-poo this thing. Oh, that's no big deal. I'm, how many of you would say in the last year you've had, on a scale of 1 to 10, an 8 or better life crisis happen around you? Look around the room. Look. We cannot afford to be unaware of the battle that rages. So what do we do? Talk about it, cry a lot, pray. What do we do? Let me read to you a passage, again familiar to some. One I want to encourage you to spend some time in this week. I mean that. I mean, I want you to mark this in your Bible, put a tab in this place, print it off if you've got a Bible package on your computer, and slap this passage somewhere and read it every day for a while until you get it here again. Ephesians chapter 6, pick it up, verse 10. Paul, by the way, I love the book of Ephesians. And over and over again, he talks about, he uses the phrase, in Christ or in Jesus. It's a book about how we are in him, in relationship, and how powerful that is and how great that is. He talks about relationships, chapter 5, and husband and wives and family and children. It's great. And then he finishes. He's coming, wrapping it up. And I, I can hardly wait to meet Paul in heaven and say, dude, you, you must have been some really phenomenal preacher. Can I hear, preach you from you, brother? Because I, can just, I hear him when I read these passages. And he says, finally, verse 10, be strong in the Lord and in the, his mighty power. Well, how do you do that? Sounds cool. Okay, great. Be strong in the Lord. He goes on. He defines for us what that means, what that looks like. Verse 11, put on the full armor of God. The full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Notice here, the devil has schemes. He's got a plan. And his plan is to take you out. Now remember, I, didn't, I don't want you to be fearful. <laughs> don't leave here tonight thinking, oh! Wish I didn't know that. I don't want you to walk out of here freaked out. But you cannot, you cannot leave here without understanding this. The devil has a plan. God's got a greater plan. He's bigger and, and stronger and better and more able. But the devil has a scheme, a plan, a desire. And it is to take you out and to take us out as a church. He says, for our struggle, it's not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. What's he talking about? Sounds weird. Sounds out there. What does he mean? You know, it, and we have, you know, all these demonic movies or things we've watched, and we see he's basically saying that in a realm that's outside of the human, the physical, what we can see with our human eyes, there is a battle raging. There is a warfare going on. It's a cosmic battle, and it's a battle against this dark world, against powers of darkness in this world, and against spiritual forces that aren't just sort of bad, they are evil. That word ought to wake us up, evil. And again, he says, verse 13, therefore, freak out, run out of here screaming like a baby. No, it's not what it says. Therefore, put on. Says it again, the second time in this passage. Think he's trying to make a point? Therefore, put on the full armor of God 
so that when, not if, doggone it, when are we going to figure this out? What happened? Don't understand what. It doesn't say if. It says when the day of evil comes. When it comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after that, after you've done everything, to stand. Put on the full armor. Don't be ignorant of the evil schemes of the enemy. So that you can stand your ground when the day of evil comes. Verse 14, stand firm then, he's repeating himself, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckle around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And by the way, one of the things I just want to insert there, I won't take the time to preach on this, I promise. But that breastplate of righteousness, you got it. But it needs to be in place. You can say, oh, I'm a slime dog, stupid idiot, but I can't believe how foolish. But the reason we went through the exercise we went through tonight with communion is to remind you that breastplate of righteousness is on you. Let it be in place. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And in addition to all of this, which is a lot, take up the shield of faith, which, which can extinguish all, listen, all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. All kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, I love this last part. Listen to it. Be alert. Be alert. What I'm calling you to tonight is alertness. Be alert. Be aware. Be wise. Be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. The heart of God for you is that you would finish this life knowing that he has been with you every step along the way, that he is your strength, that he is what you need, that he is the one who will carry you through the darkest struggles that you have to face. But we cannot afford to idly just wander through life. We cannot afford to forget that we're in the midst of it. And you know, here's one last thing I'm going to say. In fact, I'm going to call the band back out wherever you guys are. Come on out. Let me tell you something. Every time, listen to me, every time I have failed, every time I've made a mistake, Every time I have blown it in my walk with Jesus, it's been because at some level I forgot two things. One, I forgot who I am in Christ. That's why we took communion tonight, to remind you of that. And I forgot that there's a battle raging and that the enemy wants to take me out. Every sin I've committed, everything I've done, every time I've done something stupid and blown it and made a huge mistake, it comes back to two things, two reasons why. Yes, maybe I'm stupid and I drift towards stupidity. Yes, yes, yes. But it always comes back to this. I have forgotten who I am in Christ. And I have forgotten that I'm in a battle. And that I need to take up the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, the breastplate of righteousness. I need to take these things that God has provided for me and put on the full armor of God. And I need to pray. Pray hard and pray for all the saints. That's going to stand with me.
I'm going to finish tonight. We're going to be done early, so we're good. But I'm going to finish tonight with an old-fashioned ministry time. We need to pray. We need to pray for each other. And here's what I'm asking you to do. Bow your heads for me right now. And I just, because I want you just to think. I don't think about me or somebody sitting, standing next to you. I want you to think about you right now. Some of you need to be set free. Some of you need to be healed. Some of you need to be encouraged tonight. Some of you have grown weary in well-doing. Some of you have been blasted by the enemy. Maybe it's through the voice of the events of the experience with some human, but the ultimate source of evil is the one who tries to take us out and destroy us. Some of you have had a life crisis that you're in right now. And something you went through a year ago and I'm better now, you're in it. You're in the thick of it right now. A financial thing. A physical thing. An emotional thing, a relational thing. And what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to come forward tonight. Why do I need to step out and walk up front? Well, let me give you two reasons. One is because by doing so, you're humbling yourself and saying, yep, that's me. You nailed it, Kurt. I need prayer. That's me. And the second thing you're going to do is by stepping forward, coming to the front, is you're going to allow me and others just to lay hands on you and pray for you tonight. And so we're going to take and sing this song again. And as we do, where are you in a crisis right now? Physical, emotional, relational, spiritual. And you need prayer. Don't stand there. Step forward. Come forward. Can I drop the lights? Let's worship. I'm going to ask you guys to come forward. I'm going to pray for you this moment. You come as we begin to worship.